encouraging to be able to uh, look at this video about Hope Worldwide and to be able to see that, that God is using our church all around the world to literally impact, that said, two and a half million people were given hope because of your contributions, because of your love for the poor. And, uh, you know, people in Haiti, people in Abidjan, people in Japan, you know, outside of our country, you know, but, but just so many people even hope just here within the United States. And it's exciting to be able to know that we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. And like the video said, it, we're better together. Amen? We're better together when the whole church works together worldwide to meet the needs of the poor all around the world. Go and turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 10. Go ahead and turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 10. And while you're turning there... I'm going to go ahead and pray, amen? So don't, don't feel bad if you're turning your Bible during my prayer. I think God will appreciate that you're going to follow along with me, amen? Father, I want to thank you, God, that, uh, God, you have allowed our lives to have an impact, that you have allowed us to be able to help people all around the world. And yet, God, we know so much more can be done. And so we ask, God, that you would continue to use us, that you would continue to work in each one of our hearts to really have uh, a passion and a love to build your kingdom, God, to really have a passion and a love to help the needy all around the world, to really have a passion to help the people right here in our own community. And we want to make a difference for you. We want to honor you in every way that we can. We know that without you, our lives would have so little impact. But because of you, God, we can have a life rich with meaning, rich with purpose, and we can literally help people all around the world. God, we love you. We thank you for this time to be together with you. Please let your spirit move powerfully through this lesson. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 17, you know, we've read this story many times about the rich young man, haven't we? But I want to take a different look at it today. And I really want us to focus on something a little bit different than what we normally focus on. In Mark chapter 10, it says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know, that messes up a lot of people's view of their stuff, doesn't it? He says, you know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And he's feeling pretty good, right? Jesus looked at him and he loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give To the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You know, look at this passage, and you go, Man, this guy's got a lot of things on straight, doesn't he? We see in verse 19, he hasn't murdered anybody. That's a pretty good start, isn't it? You know, I think that's probably most of us here. (laughs) Amen. I'm not going to comment on that. I don't even know what you said. And he goes on and he says, uh, do not commit adultery. 
And he says, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. You know, and, uh, and so he feels like, hey, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Now, if you got through all of them, I'm sure that none of us got through that last one. Honor your father and mother. How many times did we mess up on that one growing up? Multiple times. I messed up multiple times. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it was very challenging when you're growing up. And you don't always see eye to eye with your parents, do you? Teens, I know you don't. I know you don't. But the reality is, is this guy seemed, Jesus didn't confront him and say, well, hold up, buddy. No, 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 no. You have not kept all these. He just went to the bigger heart issue. And he wanted to address the bigger heart issue because he saw in this man one thing he lacked. And he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. You know, of all the things he could have said right there. He chose to say, give to the poor. You know, we don't know much about this man, but maybe in his endeavors to get rich and to make a lot of money, he just didn't have any time. And he didn't take time to really take care of the poor around him. He didn't take time to really make sure that the needs of people around him were being met. He became too busy to really get involved at a heart level with those who were in need, with those who were poor. And so Jesus looked at him, and he loved him. And he said, if you're going to follow me, I want you to go sell everything, and I want you to give it to the poor. You know, what would he say to you? What would he say to you? Because we all have something. You know, he happened to have a lot of wealth. But, you know, we have different things in our life that maybe keep us too busy from really thinking about the poor, from really thinking about those in need. And sometimes we get so consumed with our own needs, our own challenges, because let's be real, you know, we got plenty of our own challenges. You know, I can go all, I can go just, uh, I can go week after week after week, and I face plenty of challenges right in my own house. And if you're doing the essential eight, Maybe you're facing some more challenges because some things are being uncovered in your marriage. And you're having to really look and go, wow, I could grow in this area. But it would be easy to overlook the needs of the poor and get busy with your own life and just forget that really we're all rich. Anyone who lives in the United States, especially in this particular area, is rich comparatively to many people around the world. You know, when you see the guy in the street asking for money, what's your heart? Do you go, oh, I'm not going to give to that guy because he might go buy drugs. He might go get drunk. Is that really for you to judge? Is that really for you to judge? Or is it that you should obey God's command that whoever lends to the poor lends to God? And then let God deal with him or her if they spend the money in a way that's not ungodly. You do your part. Let God do his part. You know, uh, when you hear a brother or sister in need, what do you do? When you hear of needs around the church, what do you do? Do you go, oh, you know, I'm too busy. I can't really get into that. You know, sometimes we have to make a choice. Am I going to love or am I not going to love? You know, next Sunday we all have a big choice. The International Day of Giving, right? 
$52. Go, wow, $52. Sometimes you forget that breaks down to $1 per week. Right? $1 per week. And we got to decide, am I going to do what it takes to raise that money? They go, well, I don't know. I'm a college student. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a teen. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, things are rough at home in our house. But the question is, are we going to have the heart to go and ask other people for the money if we don't have it? It's not that hard to do. I know the college students are excited. They're going to get up in their class and they're going to say, hey, can I uh, ask everyone a question real quick? Can, can you give $1 as you walk out of this class and give it to Hope Worldwide and, and share about some of the things going on with Hope Worldwide. You know, every year that's worked for the college students. You know, I think it could work for the high school students. In your class, talk to your teacher beforehand. Hey, I, I want to get, I want to raise the $52. What can I do? You know, in your own neighborhoods, in your own workplace. Literally, it's something that we can all easily do if we just have the heart for the poor. There's no reason why any of us couldn't do it unless we just made a choice not to. This man had apparently not made the choice to really care about the poor. And so Jesus wanted to make sure that this guy understood that that was what he wanted him to do, even if he wasn't willing to do it. You know, we can't view giving to the poor as an optional thing. It doesn't sound like from this parable or, or from many, many scriptures throughout the Bible that God views it as an optional thing. And so we've got to really respond in our hearts. We've got to really think about how we're going to respond to this. Amen? You know, some of the stats that were up there were pretty intense. But, you know, on our planet, there's 1.2 billion people who live in extreme poverty and survive on less than $1 per week. You know, we're asking, or excuse me, $1 per day. You know, we're saying $1 per week. You know, give $1 per week. But there are people who literally, literally live on $1 per day. 1.2 billion people. Over 800 million people worldwide are chronically hungry and malnourished. These are not merely the poor, but the extreme poor fighting to survive. Each day, 25,000 of them fail to survive and succumb to hunger or hunger-related causes. Over 8 million people won't survive this year because of their poverty every day 30,000 children die due to causes related to poverty and 9.7 million children never see their fifth birthday all due to poverty 11 million children die of a preventable disease 3 billion people half the population of our planet lives on less than two dollars a day and we need to understand all of us need to understand that god is watching He's watching. And he's looking at our hearts and he's going, do you have a heart? Do you care? 19% of people in Long Beach live below poverty line. You go, really? Yeah, really. But we can become so busy we don't see it. We can become so busy that we don't see it. But God is watching. He's watching to see, are we going to care about the needs of the poor? You know, what must he feel when we make decisions to not care? What must he be thinking when he looks at your gospel? Does he see a hole in your gospel? 
You know, as he looked at this man, he said, man, you've done a lot of great things. That's exciting. It's encouraging. He says, but I see a hole in your gospel. I don't see that you've maybe had a heart for the poor. And so he wanted to make sure this guy had that heart. And he walked away sad. You know, there's one thing I want us to get a hold of today. If you can get this one thought. We will gain some traction by loving with action. Amen? We will gain some traction by loving with action. You go, what what, what do you mean by that? I mean, I think this is an area that God wants us to grow in. And I can see definitely that we have grown. We have done a lot of great things around the world. But I think we need to gain some traction in our community to really make a difference in our community, to become known as a church that literally cares for the poor, that is known as a church that literally cares about those people in poverty, those people who have needs that they cannot meet on their own. And for us to gain this reputation, we can gain some traction by loving with action. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Let us not love with words or with tongue, but with action and in truth. You know... A lot of times I get up here when we talk about this, and I share about the times I've gone to Mexico. And and I share about how incredible it was to go on these trips and to sit there with the poor and literally to sit there and cry and to really be just overwhelmed by the needs of the people. And to think about how hard it would be for my family to be there, how difficult it would be. But it's not okay for me to have stories from years ago. As I was thinking about this, I said, your stories are old, Steve. Your stories are old. You have a hole in your gospel. And you've got to really examine your heart. Do you have the heart of Jesus? Do you have the heart of Jesus? Are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to love in action? Because the Bible clearly says, let us not love with words or tongue. Talk is cheap, right? We know the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but what? But of power. And there's power when you make decisions to love people, to put into action the things that God has put on your heart. You know, this lesson we're going to look at will examine God's heart for the poor. And will call us to love the poor with the love that we receive from God. Uh, in Psalm 35, verse 10. Let me just hold it. Okay. In Psalm 35, verse 10, it says, My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, O Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and needy from those who rob them. I'm going to tell you a story about a guy named Barney. His name was Barney. And everyone in this Bronx neighborhood knew him as the local street bum. Nobody knew or cared why he was there. By his own admission, he was a loser. The once successful family man had over the years descended to living on the streets alone, addicted to cheap alcohol and surviving off panhandling. He was dirty and ashamed and powerless to change his situation. He was a slave to his problems 
Everything changed one bright sunny morning. A grease fire broke out on the first floor of the building across from where Barney slept. People were rushing out of the building in their robes and pajamas, carrying their loved ones and the few precious items they could grab. Somewhere on the second floor, a scream grew louder and louder with a plea for help. Like a slow-motion explosion, the fire was climbing up the walls at an amazing speed. Barney heard the desperate cries, and he rushed into the building, the very building that banned his presence only the day before. Working his way through the black smoke and the blind hallways, he found the source of the cries on the second floor. He picked up two small children and ran out of the building through flames and falling debris. Despite the onlookers' pleas, he then ran back into the burning building and found the mother who had passed out on the way and carried her to safety. Barney saved the whole family. When the firemen arrived, they were amazed at his courageous rescue. They asked Barney, who was now looked even worse than his normal tragic appearance, what were you thinking? Why would you do such a thing? What possessed you to do this? His answer was, I have no idea. The answer to that question is a profound truth we must all understand. Barney did this heroic rescue because Barney was made in the image of God. He was designed to rescue the helpless. It was in his DNA to be like God. Because God is a God who rescues. Isn't that true when you think about God? Didn't he rescue you from your empty way of life? As you were crying out to God, as you were saying, God, I need your help. Didn't God stoop down and reach down and pull you out of the miry pits and rescue you from your empty way of life and bring you into his eternal kingdom that will never perish, spoil, or fade? When you think about God, he definitely wants to rescue us. Psalm 72, verse 12 to 13, it says, For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. You know, we're made in the image of God. We were designed to be like him. When we act out of our design, we take action. When we act out of the way we were designed by God because we we're in the image of God, then it's not a problem for us to take action to meet the needs of those around us. We reflect God and we live out our purpose when we take action as disciples. You say, but what is the image of God? 1 John 4, verse 16. It says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in him. You know, the Apostle John who walked with Jesus. The, who Jesus, of course, was the exact representation of God. Knew God better than any other man alive, probably because he spent so much time with Jesus. And while inspired by the Holy Spirit, John simply said here in 1 John 4, he said, God is love. He said, if you can ask me to describe God in one word. I will just say that God is love. He's love. That is his essence. That is who he is. 
And guys, love is an action word. Love is an action word. You can't say you love someone and not take action. You can't say that you love your spouse or love your children or love your grandparents or love your boyfriend or girlfriend or your fiance. You can't say that you love people and not take action. God showed his love to you and I with action. He sent Jesus. No amount of money could have saved us, right? When God looked at man and saw the condition of his people, he knew love and action was the only answer. And so he sent his son Jesus so that each one of us could have an opportunity to respond. And as we prepare to take the communion together, we prepare to, to take you know, the bread which represents his broken body. As we prepare to take the drink which represents the blood that he shed. We got to remember about Jesus that Jesus took action. And we got to make decisions this week that we will take action and that we will do what we need to do to live out how God has created us in his image. And that just as Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins that we would be willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This week. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray and let's take communion together. Father, thank you, God, that you're full of love. Thank you, God, that it's in your very nature to love, that you are love. And that you could no more be unloving than you could be ungodly. And that you are the source of all love. And God, we want to have the same love as you. We want to love the way that you loved. We want to lay down our lives. We want to please you. We want to honor you. We want to take action. And as we prepare to take communion together, God, I pray that you would help our hearts to make decisions that we will give to you no matter what, that we will sacrifice for you no matter what, that we will truly love in action every day of our life. Father, we love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your son and your willingness to send him so that we could have a chance to be saved. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
service where we're going to take up an, our offering, but uh, you've been handed a letter. Did everybody get the letter? They're coming. All right. Well, it's coming your way. I am uh, very grateful for this opportunity to come and speak here this evening. I um, had a chance to uh, talk Hey guys, why not? Because you don't want to distract anybody. <laughs> All right, pardon me. All right, you didn't see that, did you? Okay, great. Okay, did everybody get the letter? All right. 